It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a fantastic start to your Friday. It's hard to believe that we're already in the middle of September, well within the football season, another weekend with college and pro football on the docket for everybody to enjoy. But of course, we've got plenty of stuff to still talk about when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies and their upcoming season. And in this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, going to talk a bit about where the national media kind of has their opinion on the Grizzlies going into the 21-22 season is the opinion of the Grizzlies coming off a spectacular year last year in terms of exceeding expectations, is the national opinion of underrating the Grizzlies just a bit? We'll look at it in the first segment. Going to look at several of the predictions that ESPN made about the Grizzlies through their series of articles predicting various things about the NBA season in segment one. In segment two, another series that's been out is looking at redrafts over the past few years how have the Grizzlies ranked and are they a bit underrated? And then in segment three, I'm going to talk a bit about how, why I think the exactly why the national media is underrating the Grizzlies a bit and looking in general at how the Grizzlies could very well be set up to exceed expectations once again next year. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC on Twitter, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member with the Grizzlies. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for over three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. And your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. So let's jump right into it. Before we jump into it, do want to remind you, obviously, that on Fridays, Nick Engstad of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Maris of Locked On Nuggets have you covered, and they talk about the week that was on the Locked On NBA podcast. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So let's jump right into it. So ESPN came out this week, and they released their predictions for Eastern and Western Conference records, awards, who will make the Eastern Conference Finals, who will make the Western Conference Finals, and who will eventually be the 2021-2002 NBA champion. And while I don't like to give out spoiler alerts, I will say this. 
No surprise, the Grizzlies aren't the one that ESPN chose as being one of the top candidates for next year's NBA title. But a few things that did stand out in a way that uh, you know shows that the wonderful minds over at ESPN, at least some of them, do show some respect for the Grizzlies. For one, in Coach of the Year um, rankings, Taylor Jenkins finished fifth in the Coach of the Year voting. And it really makes sense as to why Taylor Jenkins maybe set up more than other coaches this upcoming season to really be in that Coach of the Year conversation. He's going to have one of the youngest teams in the league. They're coming off a playoff berth that was unexpected this past year. They're going into a season where the front office has bet more on the young core and Jenkins' ability to be able to develop that core more to once again exceed expectations. And when you look at Coach Jenkins compared to his peers, he's done a pretty good job. He won Coach of the Month in January of 2020, finished sixth in the Coach of the Year balloting his rookie season. So Taylor Jenkins does have a history of showing he can be right up there among the best in the business, and this year could be his best opportunity yet. Not only to potentially allow for this Grizzlies team to exceed expectations once again, but I do strongly feel that if Taylor Jenkins is up there in the Coach of the Year voting this year, that not only answers the question, by far he's been the right choice for the Grizzlies during this rebuild, but also you could start to see it signal he's the right choice to lead this Grizzlies team through the next evolution of their roster, which is becoming a sustainable winner. But beyond Taylor Jenkins, also the other thing that um, ESPN put a highlight on the Grizzlies on was in the most improved player conversation. Now, last week, I talked about through the betting banter from Bill series that I did, I talked about that Jared Jackson Jr. and Ja Morant both were considered to be good candidates for most improved player of the year. And it does appear that ESPN's minds think the same thing, as right now Jaron Jackson Jr. is listed as sixth in the most improved player of the year uh, vote-getting, as well as Ja Morant is listed as seventh. Now, the reason why Jaron is ahead of Ja is because there's multiple ways in which individuals can win the most improved player of the year award. For Jaron, it's coming back from injury and potentially allowing for his potential to finally develop into consistent production as a two-way force. With Jaw, it's going from a season in his sophomore year where many may consider may have considered it a disappointment to where he could be in the all-star conversation. A lot of times you see players win the most improved player of the year award by going Jaw's route, especially if their performance leads to playoff opportunities for their teams. You could see that being the case for Michael Porter Jr. While it's not necessarily the playoffs on the line, you could see Shea Gilgis-Alexander also be in the most improved conversation, jumping to all-star consideration. So both Jaron and Jaw certainly could be in that conversation for most improved player of the year, though it may be for different reasons. If they both wind up being in that conversation, that's a good indication that this Grizzlies team certainly is making the most of their opportunity and is exceeding expectations, which of course brings us to ESPN's predictions when it comes to the records. The, Grizz the, the ESPN predicts the Grizzlies to have a 42-40 and 40 record this season, and I think that's very reasonable. I think that the Grizzlies' range of wins is going to be, bet is going to be between 38 and 44 victories, a little, uh, little under 500 if things don't go the way the Grizzlies planned, a little above 500 if a lot of things break the right way and players continue to develop for Memphis. I think that that's reasonable, and in that case, the Grizzlies would finish ninth in, in ninth place in ESPN's predictions. But one other thing I want to shed light on, 
It doesn't have to do with the ESPN predictions, but I do think that ESPN's outlook for this season kind of does show a flaw also in the playing setup for the NBA. In ESPN's rankings, if I remember correctly, it had the 7th and 8th spot separated by two games. The 8th and ninth spot, which was, which is the uh, uh, Trailblazers and the Grizzlies, separated by one game. And then it has the Grizzlies five games ahead of the Pelicans in the ninth and 10th spot. I understand that the setup of the play-in is to be as dramatic as possible, to create as much you know drama or opportunity or whatever may have you as possible. And the Grizzlies survived last year. But just like last year, and if these predictions hold true from ESPN this year, if there is a one or so game difference between 8th and ninth place in, a, in the Western or Eastern Conference for that matter, but then there is a big gap. I think there was four games between the Grizzlies and the Spurs last year, and if there's like five or six games between the Grizzlies and whatever team is in 10th place this year, there should be a caveat in the play-in tournament, where if there's that much separation between ninth and 10th, then 10th should not have a chance at the playoffs. It should then be like it was in the bubble back in 2020, where if the Grizzlies and Trailblazers in this instance are separated by a game, but the Grizzlies and Trailblazers are separated by five games, then the, the, the Pelicans, who are in 10th place, they should not have a chance at all. If they're five games behind the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies should not have to have their season come down to one game versus the Pelicans with that big of a gap between both teams. In that situation, make it to where the ninth place team has to play the or play the eighth place team and beat the eighth place team twice in a couple of days or twice in three days. I do feel there's a certain difference in games between two places, especially ninth and tenth in play-in scenarios. There should be a caveat where then there's no there's no game. Eight, ninth place has certainly earned the right to have a chance at the playoffs. Tenth has not. But that may just be a personal feeling. Um, I feel the same way about Major League Baseball this year. The Dodgers or Giants, whoever finishes second place in the West in the NOS, they're going to be 17 or 18 games above whoever they play in that wild card game. I think if there's a certain amount of distance between one wild card or one playing team and the other, then there just shouldn't be a game. Whoever is ahead by the significant margin should have a chance while the other team should not. But I'll get off my soapbox at the end of the day. The good thing is, is that ESPN certainly seems to respect that the Grizzlies are a very young and intriguing team. One other area that kind of surprised me was the fact that the that ESPN did not list any Grizzlies being in contention for sixth man of the year. We'll get into that in just a second. But overall, I do feel that ESPN certainly gave respect to the three reasons why many of us feel this is a big season for the Grizzlies. Taylor Jenkins, John Morant, and Jaron Jackson Jr. However, while the well, I think the national media does give plenty of respect to those main three reasons why the Grizzlies have been so spectacular over the past two years, I do think there's a little bit of disrespect when it comes to the supporting cast that, that makes the Grizzlies such a strong young core for the future. I'll explain in just a second. Like the Grizzlies continue to deserve recognition for all the success that they've had over the past few years. I want to continue giving recognition to one of the best tasting protein bars that's out there on the market today, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's a very healthy addition to your day that also tastes great. Have it in the morning for breakfast, have it potentially in the afternoon as a snack. But whenever you choose to have it, if you go to Built.com, 
you have over 18 different flavors to choose from. And if you choose one, you can always choose another. And even though it may taste different, it's still a great taste. If you also go to Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Again, go to Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. So let's discuss the summer. The summer may just be a few, may only have a few weeks left, but hot temperatures are still certainly out there. And if you're someone that potentially is at the risk of experiencing excessive sweating, man, do I have an option for you that can certainly help block that from happening. And it's literally called sweat block. Doctor created and doctor recommended works for up to seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show, a bestseller on Amazon for over 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. And the awesome thing is it's currently number one in Amazon's anti-perspirant category right now. Wear what you want to wear due to your little source of confidence. Once again, sweat blocks should be a part of anyone's toiletry bag. If you or someone you know has experienced excessive sweating before, make sure you know where to get sweat block. You can get it at CVS, obviously on Amazon, but if you go to sweatblock.com right now, put in the promo code, put in the promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order from sweatblock.com. Make sure to get your confidence back in the summer. Try sweat block today. Next week, we're going to get really into, we're going to dive really into the shooting aspect of this Grizzlies team. How does it compare to past editions of the Grizzlies, as well as the NBA Today? Quite a bit of fun perspectives coming up next week when it comes to the Grizzlies talking about their offense. I mentioned it many times. It seems like the philosophy this year is going to be on getting as many high percentage looks from distance as possible. We're going to look at exactly that next week on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So looking at how uh, some different releases when it comes to national media outlets on the Grizzlies, how the Grizzlies have gotten a bit of respect, especially from what ESPN has put out over the past week, but also I think that another area where the Grizzlies continue to lack a bit of respect from national media is their supporting cast. Now, I understand that when ESPN or Bleacher Report or other national outlets put out their rankings of different things like previous draft classes or, you know, different awards that are coming up or things like that. Part of the formula for that is to create conversation, is to figure out a way to get attention on those pieces to create conversation. But the thing that I wanted to point out about Bleacher Report's recent release of re-ranking several of the recent drafts in NBA in, in, in the NBA history is that it seems as if the Grizzlies supporting cast continues to be a bit under the radar. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is because in my opinion, since 2017, the Grizzlies have had at least one player in each of the past four drafts that at least should be in the top 15 of any redraft that you're discussing. When you look at the 2017 draft, Dylan Brooks should be in the conversation as being a top 15, maybe even being a push for a top 10 player in that draft class because of the role that he's taken on recently and also 
being one of the best defensive players in the league last year. The 2018 draft, Jaron Jackson Jr., though it's based on potential, should certainly be in the conversation for number 10 or for the top 10. While DeAnthony Melton, in my opinion, who was taken with the 46th pick in that 2018 draft, he should make a push for top 15. Not necessarily top 10, but definitely do think top 15 is reasonable. In any type of conversation, about the 2019 draft, if John Morant and Brandon Clark are not both in that top 10, John Morant needs to be number two, no matter what. If you want to put him number one, be my guest. I think Zion has shown a bit higher ceiling in why he went number one. But if John Morant and Brandon Clark are not both in the top 10 of any 2019 redrafts that are being discussed two years later, whoever has that opinion is wrong about it. And just to be honest, when you compare Brandon Clark and John Morant to that draft class. And then in the 2020 draft, I think that Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman, though it's probably a bit too early to re-rank the 2020 draft since we're less than a year uh, still from uh, when it actually happened, both those players should be in the conversation. Now, I'm not saying anything that anybody is going to deny. The Grizzlies have been recognized as being one of the best drafting teams over the past three to four years, maybe even the best in the NBA. But what I do think that stands out is, is that while it certainly is acknowledged the Grizzlies have continued to draft very well, I'm not necessarily sure if the proper respect is being given to some of these young players and the role that they mean to the Grizzlies. You look at Dylan Brooks, who obviously we know stepped up his defense last year, but it's not just like he himself individually stood out. He did, but the impact that he made was a big reason why this Grizzlies team was a top 10 defense last year. Desmond Bain, yes, his shooting was historic for a rookie, but it also put him in a place where he possibly is the second best shooter behind Mike Miller the Grizzlies have ever had. It's not just about the overall statistics or play that these players are producing. It's the impact that they're having on one of the young cores in the league that is exceeding expectations the most. And because of that, I don't feel that the proper respect at times is given to these players, despite the fact that they're taking on a bigger role with the Grizzlies than some other young players who are highly touted have with their respective teams. One thing that I clearly think stands out, and I'll talk about this more in the third segment, is that younger players who are a part of or at least have some type of significant role on teams like the Heat or the, the Hawks or other teams like that, Younger players on those type of teams that are probably further down the competitive timeline than the Grizzlies, those players are getting a bit more recognition even though they're not in as big of roles or doing as much as young players on the Grizzlies. And I think that that is a bit flawed when you consider the fact that if you're talking about the production of young players, I get that statistics and I get that quality is a part of it, but I also think that how the, that how a big of a role they play on their respective team translating to that team's success is a big part of it as well. And I find it hard 
hard to believe that many of these younger players, once you get past the top 10 of the 17, 18, 19 draft, I find few players have as big of a role and are having as big of an impact as players like Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, and hopefully Brandon Clark will this year. So I'm not saying that any of the Grizzlies' supporting cast is going to immediately turn into the third big reason why the Grizzlies will be a contender in two years. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. I know the Grizzlies are in a small market. And I know that besides exceeding expectations, they're simply just making the playoffs this past season. But one of the parts of the equation that I think really needs to make sense, really needs to stand out, is that what brings value to this Grizzlies young core is how big of a role not only are they playing in, but also how significant of an impact they're making in that role. Players like Dylan Brooks, players like DeAnthony Melton, and players like Brandon Clark, I certainly the impact that they've had, and I do think that this is a big year. Me and David Williams talked about it yesterday. This is a big year for those players to prove it to allow for them to start getting the respect that they certainly deserve. But besides potentially not giving the Grizzlies supporting cast all the respect it deserves, there's a couple of other factors that I think play into the national media not giving the Grizzlies the full respect that they should be getting. I know that that's expected, being the Grizzlies, being in a small market, but there's a couple of myths, I think, about this upcoming year that really could be debunked early when it comes to the Grizzlies and their play next season. Before we get into any mist among the Grizzlies, I want to tell you something that certainly has a lot of truth to it, and that is the impact that rockauto.com could have for you in a positive way if you need to make repairs to your car. Regardless of the make and model, regardless of the car part that you need, Rock Auto is very easy to use, and with a few clicks of the button, you'll find what you need. And regardless of experience level, rockauto.com is a family-owned business. They know that car parts can fall out of budget, so they've been in business for over 20 years. They try their best to make things as economically friendly as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. The time of year is finally back. Football is finally here, and that means, of course, that if you wager and bet on sports, one place for you to go to do exactly that is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the number one place for pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds and props and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Also, don't forget to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up by using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline AG, your number one sports for sports betting this football season. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Next week, we will be looking at the Grizzlies' upcoming season through the lenses of their outlook when it comes to a shooting team. Looking at how this roster compares to previous versions of the Grizzlies, how it compares to the rest of the NBA, and how exactly the Grizzlies can be consistent at finding those high-percentage looks. All that next week here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So we talked about how the Grizzlies, the opinion of the Grizzlies in the national media certainly seems to be of a mixed bag, but more positive than negative. When it comes to Taylor Jenkins, John Morant, and Jared Jackson Jr., 
those three factors for the Grizzlies certainly get the respect that they deserve. But I think the supporting cast is a bit underrated, despite the fact that several of these young players have in bigger than expected roles that they were expected to take on early in their career. They certainly have performed well and have been a big reason why this Grizzlies team continues to exceed expectations. But a few areas where I think the Grizzlies are also underrated as a roster this year comes down to the loss of Jonas Valanciunas. Now, without a doubt, Jonas Valanciunas going to the Pelicans is a big loss for the Grizzlies, and we've discussed it before. The biggest reason why is because of the certainty that you have with Jonas Valanciunas, the certainty that comes with his ability to score the paint, his ability to get rebounds, his ability to make an impact on the possession battle when it comes to offensive rebounds and put back points. All of that is certainly something that the Grizzlies are going to miss because it came up at big points at times last year to keep the Grizzlies in games. But the reason why I think that the loss of Jonas Valanciunas is a bit underrated is simply because of the fact that his contributions to the Grizzlies, yes, they were needed, but in my opinion, they were not the biggest impact that stands out about this Grizzlies team. When it comes to the Grizzlies offense as a whole, Jonas did a great job, but overall, the Grizzlies offense was in it was average compared to the rest of the NBA. So despite Jonas having a career year, despite Jonas being absolutely exceptional when he was on the court, the overall impact on the Grizzlies' success was not as much as other players had when it came to the Grizzlies' defense. The calling card of this team's success last year, despite Jonas Valanciunas, but even to a grander scale, was how good this team played on defense how good this opportunistic this defense was in creating turnovers and turning defense into offense. And the main reasons that those were the biggest impact plays for the Grizzlies last year, the biggest reasons on the roster that was the case, are still on the roster. Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, and others, they're still all on the roster. So the most impactful reasons for the Grizzlies' success next year remain in Memphis despite Jonas Valanciunas moving on to New Orleans. And the other thing that I think stands out is that last year, a big reason why the Grizzlies were so successful, a big reason why they were in the playoff hunt and they exceeded expectations once again, happened despite the fact that several of the big reasons why the Grizzlies were thought to have such a young, a great young core last year, they did not contribute to the level Many thought that they would. Jaron was out due to injury. Jaw, for much of the season, had a bit uh, had had a bit of a dis disappointing season in the eyes of many, though it could have been due to his injury. And of course, Brandon Clark was battling injuries as well. The Grizzlies' success last year was because of their supporting cast: Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton. This is well known. It's been mentioned here many times. It's been mentioned across all forms of, of Memphis media many times. And I know that the national media is going to focus on the big names. They're going to focus on the marquee names and Coach Taylor Jenkins. But if the Grizzlies continue to get as much accolades as they do, if there continues to be as much praise heaped on the Grizzlies as has been put on them over the past few years, I think the main reason why, one of the biggest reasons why, deserves respect. And that's this supporting cast not only stepping up and playing well, playing better than they individually have, 
before last year. You had Melton, Brooks, Anderson, and others have career years, but they did it in a way they played to their strengths that allowed for an overall strength of this team to emerge when it came to their defense. So when it comes to the national media's recognition of the Grizzlies, I love the fact that Taylor Jenkins, John Morant, and Jaron Jackson Jr. are getting plenty of love. They all three deserve it, and it's also correct in the national media pointing out that if this Grizzlies team is truly going to take the next step, it's going to have to be because of John and Jaron taking the next step in their careers and Taylor Jenkins being a big reason why they do that. But I don't think that that should overlook the fact or that that should just deny the fact that another big reason why this Grizzlies team has been so successful is because of the play of their supporting cast. And that the progression of that supporting cast continues to be very important, not only in terms of strengthening the overall calling card of success for this team in terms of this team potentially being a top six or seven defense once again, not only in making the bench for the Grizzlies potentially one of the best in the NBA, but it's also the future. You need a third or fourth clear member of this future core for the Grizzlies to emerge this year. You feel that's Dylan Brooks. You feel there's a good chance that that's the Anthony Melton. You hope that there's a chance that's still Brandon Clark. Those questions need to be answered this season. But even if a few members of this young core are not a part, or a few members of this team may not be a part of this young core, the overall improvement of the supporting cast also is critical because there's other ways where you can use these talents. Perhaps trading them for a star. Perhaps using them in other moves that can bring across future assets to move up in drafts. The Grizzlies' overall progression of their supporting cast in multiple ways is almost as important as the overall progression of Jaw and Jaron. And the progression of that supporting cast last year was a big reason why the Grizzlies once again exceeded expectations, despite the fact that Jaw and Jaron, in the eyes of many, may not have lived up to their potential last year. So at the end of the day, next season is going to be defined by Jaw, Jaron, and how well Coach Taylor Jenkins can really develop this young, this young roster. But I do think, and I hope, that if the Grizzlies do continue to exceed expectations, more attention is paid to their supporting cast. For instance, DeAnthony Melton and Brandon Clark emerging as sixth man of the year candidates. Dylan Brooks, if the Grizzlies can put together a second straight season of being one of the top defenses in the league, him getting some steam for being a defensive player of the year. Kyle Anderson, obviously, whether it be with the Grizzlies or elsewhere, getting a lucrative payday because of how well he has improved. And overall, players like Desmond Bain, De Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark, and others really solidifying themselves as a future core of this team. Plenty of these players have to prove it. Plenty of these players have to either bounce back or sustain the success that they had last year. But hopefully in time, a lot of the big reasons why the Grizzlies have been so successful can get that recognition they deserve on a national scale moving forward. Again, we don't need the nation's approval when it comes to how things are done in Memphis, but if this team is going to put in all the hard work that it has and all the hard work that it knows it has to do to exceed expectation to get where it wants to get, they deserve the recognition 
as well. Thanks so much for joining us for this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Next week is going to be a big week for the show. More details to come on that. But thank you so much for listening. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at StatsSAC. Hope you have a great weekend. Go Grizzlies, and we'll talk to you soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.